0: Got to be a morning
1: after if we can hold on so that was the morning after a number one hit from 1973 recorded by maureen mcgowan and by the way the signature soundtrack piece to the best movie ever made about an upside down ocean liner the poseidon adventure Oh, the memories, David. <laughs> Welcome to 20 by 70. I'm David Thornburg, president and CEO of the Committee of 70. I'm here in the Wexler studio with my friend, co-host, and colleague, Chris Satula. Welcome, Chris.
0: Thanks, David. And I'm just thinking back to the days of uh, bell-bottom jeans
1: and <laughs> day jackets yeah, they're, 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 and all that stuff I would ever wore. They're coming back. <laughs> yeah. This is the Committee of 70. Right. So, you I'll know, we have back. a... a I remember I'm from Cleveland, the home
0: of the leisure suit. I mean, we're really talking the leisure <laughs> In suit. In Pittsburgh, time. we used to talk about the full Cleveland. Yeah,
1: I know. You know, so, okay. I well. know,
0: white leisure suit, cranberry, cranberry
1: shirt. Yeah. So, before we get too far into sartorial discussion, so, what are we doing here? The morning after the November 6, 2018 election, and we're here to talk about politics with a significant caveat, we are not going to mention the name of our president, Uh, the implications of this election for him or for the national mood or the National Congress. We're not even going to use that word midterm because, as Dave Davies has pointed out, once you define the election as the midterm, then it's clearly all about Congress and national politics and so forth. So this is about Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. What do we see? What do we know? What's going to happen going forward? Agreed, Chris? I agree. Okay. And if you mention the name that we're not going to use. I put money in that jar. That. You, yeah. Or you go to timeout or <laughs> banished from, you know, further.
0: Our listeners will be rooting for that to happen. Though, yeah. If I go to timeout.
1: So let me kick off this, uh, this little back and forth with a, a deeply, a, an issue that concerns me deeply. Sticker Mm-hmm. Okay. Here's the story. Those cute little stickers, I voted stickers that you get at the polls. Mine fell off like, 10 feet from the pole. It just fell off. It 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 was in the bushes. I had to go find it, put it back on. It fell off again. Same thing happened to my wife. You, Chris? Problem? Uh,
0: I voted so late that the sticker was superfluous. I got in there right before the deadline last <laughs> night, so I didn't even take a sticker, but I heard you um, lamenting this earlier during Election Day, and literally, I couldn't sleep all night worrying about it. It's, it's just— <laughs> it's deeply it, disturbing. But I have a question. Well, yeah. I have a question, yes, why those stickers were so shoddily made. But also, did you consider your fabric choice in the morning when you're getting dressed? Some fabrics stick better than others. <laughs> like a
1: Velcro suit <laughs> yeah. like
0: David Letterman used <laughs> exactly. to have? Really? Exactly. But, yeah, I mean— The point is this is supposed to be something to encourage other people, remind them, oh, yeah, you know, people are voting today. Maybe I should do that. And if they're in some rain-soaked gutter somewhere, it's not doing its job. It should
1: be made to stick, and and it's not. So a lot of things I want to know. I want to know who's got the contract Mm -hmm. in Philadelphia. I want to know why the design is kind of an Eisenhower Eisenhower era. Actually, it's a 70s era kind -hmm. of a thing. Mm -hmm. Here's the other kicker. I learned yesterday from Ali Perlman at Philly 3.0 that in New York City, they have an annual design competition to design the sticker for that particular election. And it's submitted to the voters where they use ranked choice voting to choose the winning sticker. And our fair
0: city has as much design talent per capita as the Big Apple does or more. So come on,
1: Philadelphia, get with it. I'm going on record today to say – Come next, you know we have a commissioners race next spring, and this should be a prime issue for the commissioners. And if they don't want to take it up, we will find a way to put stickers in the hands of voters that reflect the artistic quality of Philadelphia.
0: Now, David, uh, since we've started off chewing over obviously the biggest issue we possibly could have discussed, what else can we fill this? Well, time I
1: don't up? know. I'm going to kick it to you. What's on what's on your mind? What'd you see? Uh, uh, read in the tea leaves or the entrails or whatever you use. Right. Uh, well, you know, so obviously I'm my chief duty right now with the community of
0: 70 is working on the Draw the Lines project on gerrymandering. So here's the very good news from the national scene. Uh, in a number of other states, there were initiative uh, questions on the ballot creating some form of heightened voter input into redistricting. Some of them were independent commissions. Some were advisory. But Michigan, big win. Ohio, win. Uh, Redistricting is part of a really... Missouri. Missouri and Missouri, a really, really ambitious uh, sort of omnibus reform bill in Missouri. Colorado also won. Utah, as I checked this morning, it was still a little little too early to know. They were still counting things there. But I just want to underline that Missouri was a huge Republican win in the larger context. Josh Holland crushed the incumbent Claire McCaskill um, in that Senate election. Mike DeWine got a really huge uh, win in my uh, native state of Ohio in the governor's office so that tells me that the the voter yearning to see a cleaner politics where their voice is more more clearly honored is not a matter of red versus blue yeah in states that were red sweeps these initiatives passed
1: Well let's call that like a political jet stream at 30,000 feet that's that seems to be moving uh, pretty quickly. Pennsylvania, of course, we tried to get a constitutional amendment on the ballot, failed for the time being. So now we're back to legislative gubernatorial initiatives. Right. Um, well, you know, there's
0: a couple of important ways to look at it in Pennsylvania. First off, of course, famously, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court throughout the notorious gerrymander of 2011 created a new map. This was the first map held under that election. And it looks like the um, the split in um, of the state's congressional delegation will go from the 13 to five it was under all the elections held in that map and then it went to twelve to six this year uh, when um, Connor lamb won the special election right. in the old 14th that looks like we're going to have split down the middle nine nine uh, it's pretty hard for anybody who isn't deeply enmeshed in, you know, partisan world to deny that that's essentially what this state is. It's a purple divided state and it is entirely um, appropriate for the state's delegation to be closely divided. Now, the way the voting went yesterday with Democrats sweeping to big wins in the Senate race and the gubernatorial race and actually getting some traction in the General Assembly. You could argue that maybe the Democrats should have been up 10-8, and there were a couple of really, really close races in that 9-9. But to me, that says that map, however flawed you know, some people may think it be, is providing a far fairer and more accurate representation of how the voters vote.
1: But here's the question.
0: You can see this coming. Did we fix the process, Chris? Uh, no, David, we didn't because you may love that map. You may hate that map. But, but one way or another – It's got a very short shelf life. Something
1: bad could happen to that map. One
0: one more election will be held on that map. Then the census will occur. After the census, it is almost inevitable that Pennsylvania will lose at least one of its congressional seats. So you're going to have to draw a new map in 2021. And if we don't do something to fix the process, to take the mapping pen out of the hands of the most self interested people in the world, the incumbents in Harrisburg, um, we're going to snap back to something bad. Yeah. Um, the other thing that's going to happen, now that we know Tom Wolf is going to be governor and we know we now have a Democratic Congress, it's going to be really hard for this deeply divided state capital um, system to actually come up with a compromise. Yeah. Uh, probably the only way to find a compromise would be to include the voters Um a more, energetically, <laughs> more energetically in the process. The voters are the only ones who aren't so deeply mired in their yeah. partisan stuff that they could come up with a decent
1: plan. So quick promo for Draw the Lines, deadline, rules of engagement.
0: Right. So Draw the Lines, uh, what we've done is created an online free digital mapping tool that you can use, anybody can use in, in an afternoon. In the time you spent binging a show on Netflix last week, you can do a new map. You can share that with your lawmaker, and you can enter it in our contest, deadline December 14th, prizes of up to $5,000.
1: $5,000 and a deadline of December 14th? That would be the key facts, David, yes. (laughs) All right. So uh, full speed ahead on Draw the Mm -hmm. Lines. Uh, And uh, the other thing I would throw into that pile is that. Governor Wolf was reelected uh, yesterday uh, with a margin of almost 20 points and, and the highest vote total ever recorded by a successful Pennsylvania governor. Uh, and there's a political logic that says you do big things in the first year of your second term. Uh, and I think it's an e- – I would take it as a, as, a, as a friendly bet that Governor Wolf uh, is going to advance a significant initiative Around election reform, political reform, redistricting reform, because he is a he has a PhD in political science, and I think he, he cares deeply about the rules of the game, and and might want to see that as part of his. And in legacy. Pennsylvania,
0: he's term limited, so this is this, this is, is it. This is the term for legacy. Yeah, uh, and you know the other thing, David, is if you talk to members of the General Assembly, most of them know that the building where they go to work every day is broken. They know stuff doesn't work. there. They know they're not doing the people's business in a very effective way. They just have not been able themselves to see their way out of the box that, you know, partisan politics have, have worked them into. So it's going to take some leadership, but I hope it also takes, you know, real uh, greater openness to voter input. But we could see some fairly significant changes over the next three years in how elections run in Pennsylvania. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So let's uh, turn up the power of the microscope a little bit, talk about uh, Philadelphia. The turnout was extraordinary. Mm-hmm. Uh, numbers I saw were about 530,000, I think, which was about 150,000 more than the midterm election in 2014. Yeah, that's nearly presidential level. It, it's getting close to that. Yeah. And a, a quick shout out to Jonathan Tannen, who runs a website called 66. Wards.com, uh, who had an, an online uh, real time prediction, uh, turnout prediction uh, 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 sort of algorithm, and he nailed it. Uh, mm-hmm. It was pretty cool to watch. People submitted their voter numbers from throughout the day, and he was, you know, kind of kept adjusting his. Uh, his uh, his number and and he nailed it so shout yeah. out to Jonathan
0: Philadelphia's very own Nate Silver if you're if you're an
1: addict of five thirty eight com add sixty six wards yeah uh, to yeah your, absolutely your so um, and you know it, I know you share this sense that it is a cool, maybe we wish we had early voting or mail voting or something but the the benefit of having one day in which people vote is is there's an incredible sort of civic energy around it and the fact that that turnout uh materialized even amidst you know torrential rainstorms and the, the city frozen in a parking lot of traffic in the morning right. it was brutal yeah yeah when i uh, I was driving over to
0: University city in the morning and looked down at the Schuylkill from the spring Garden bridge and it was a parking lot for as far as you could see and I I have to say this is a terrible commentary on the tenor of our times. I did have a thought that is this a dirty trick? <laughs> did somebody you know stage what? an accident oh on the Schuylkill just to keep I people had from getting sa-
1: – I had this exact same thought. And then and I slapped myself Shame my- on you. I slapped myself <laughs> down.
0: I said that is stupid. That's tinfoil hat thinking. Don't – Well, indulge in that.
1: The trouble with being paranoid is you start feeling everybody's against you. You know what I mean? So it's it's infectious in a like very negative way. But I I uh, just
0: didn't want to let the discussion of the gubernatorial election get away without making this one comment. I think that might uh, be the death knell for the use of golf spikes in political ads. Just Political
1: consultants uh, everywhere uh, making a note. I just – Okay, never just,
0: use – No, no. Yeah. I also desperately wanted to tell um, Scott Wagner – I don't know if he plays golf, but – Golf spikes aren't made of metal anymore. They're made of plastic. So.
1: <laughs> Apparently, he's not much of a golfer, yeah, I guess. Yeah, but, So uh, it wasn't true to his so sport. So
0: their shoes he has have been in the closet for 20 years, so they still have metal they'll spikes. Be,
1: they'll be going up on eBay or Craigslist
0: right. soon. Right, or to the Smithsonian,
1: perhaps. So, so we, we, we can't get out of this discussion without talking about uh, – some have called it the pink wave, the sort of revenge of sur- suburban women. But I think – Pennsylvania and particularly the Philadelphia suburbs are sort of the epicenter of that of that movement in this election. It's, it's really ex- extraordinary. Uh, I mean, you and I are both longtime watchers and, you know, the, 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 uh, the Philadelphia suburbs used to be like deep red, you know, f- just flip the big switch and go home, uh, Republicans. And we had a lot of lawmakers unseated. And, and, a, and a, a really interesting, fresh crop of women right. uh, taking the stage.
0: You know, I've been barnstorming the state, doing talks about draw the lines and gerrymandering, and often say, you know, under the old map, the same 18 guys always won. And I stop and say, I'm saying guys because they were all guys. No longer. I mean, really – To the degree to which at least the U.S. House election was a year-of-the-woman election, its epicenter was the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania.
1: Yeah. And now uh, went from zero to four uh, women in the congressional delegation. Uh, And if you look through their returns uh, for the state house, I know your former colleague uh, Liz Fiedler uh, uh, formalized her election uh, Mm -hmm. yesterday, and there are a number of other folks – uh, women, some many of the first-time candidates in the suburbs that will be uh, headed to Harrisburg. Yeah,
0: and you know we should say the Republicans uh, held a pretty firm grip over each chamber uh, of the General Assembly in Harrisburg, but the margins narrowed. Uh, they lost their veto-proof majority uh, in the in the Senate, and it looks to be like. Ten or maybe a few more seats tightened up, switched yeah, from Republican to Democratic.
1: Yeah, I think I saw 94 Democratic seats out of the 203 in the House. Yeah. So, so what,
0: what that does is create um, an atmosphere, I think, for the next two years where to get things done, knowing that you have a Democratic governor, there's going to have to be some effort at pulling some voters from the other side to, to get yeah. things passed. There yeah. might actually be compromise around a few issues. Yeah, And it also, um, I think, for a lot of the political reform issues you were talking about, David, and, and maybe some others, um, the Republican majority now has to worry that the margin, particularly the House, is close enough that if they have another – Statewide vote in a presidential year that goes against them as badly as it did um, yesterday, they could lose at least the House, if not yeah. the Senate. So that creates a few more, a little more listening attitude, I think, among yeah. in the majority. There's a little bit of
1: sort of hearing some footsteps, some political footsteps there yeah. that uh, that Yeah, might be it, I mean,
0: it's not. I'm not. I'm going to say you're gloating about you know blue getting closer to red. We just know from redistricting and a number of other issues. There was um, a kind of arrogance among some of the chairs and some of the leaders uh, in the Republican caucus where we're not even going to discuss, like, for example, the constitutional amendment on um, redistricting. redistricting, which had more than 100 sponsors in the House that couldn't even get a fair hearing in the committee because they were so uh, – felt they were so firmly in control and charge they didn't even have to go through the motions
1: of normal legislating. So I think maybe some of that might uh, yeah. soften. So so last topic is, you know, uh, now that we're rounded the corner of November 6th, we're, we'll we're be looking soon, sooner than we think, at the municipal elections next year. Mayor, council, city commissioner, uh, uh, sheriff. <laughs> 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 um so, what what's your take on sort of the big, you know, what does all this mean? The, the turnout, the political energy for those municipal elections. I mean,
0: well, I actually go back to the the last local off year election and um, the victories of Larry Krasner and Rebecca Reinhardt for district attorney yep. controller. Right, that was um, a somewhat surprising lesson in the power um, that. Uh, progressives in Philadelphia have when they actually unite and focus and turn out to vote. Yeah. Um, so we'd never quite seen that before. You know, you, you could count me among the skeptics You know that Larry Krasner was going to win that primary but now he has and he's the subject of adoring profiles in national magazines. Yeah, so we'll yeah. see how his tenure actually plays out. But uh, I think there's going to be some council candidates um, who are going to try to capture that same Try magic. to ride that same wave. And, uh, you know, it will be interesting to see what happens you know in terms of the battle for control of the Democratic Party itself yeah. which you, you've talked about a lot on this podcast uh,
1: Ali Perlman introduced yesterday I hadn't heard this before the the sort of sideways T in Philadelphia of the the kind of you know uh, progressive millennial uh, types which is where the great surge of turnout came yesterday so that that uh, you know the the long part of the sideways T sort of starting in center city and going west to university city and then the you know the short part of the T uh, sideways T uh, going down into into south philly and uh pennsport and so forth and then up what we used to call the river wards but uh, yeah i mean of-
0: and the other thing is for a long time um- the affairs of the Democratic Party in Philadelphia to a large degree were rolled by its two longtime congressmen, Chaka Fata He's not there anymore. Yeah. And Bobby yeah. Brady, you know, as of— January will no longer be a congressperson. I mean, I'm sure he's still a factor, but it's not like there are these two huge rocks in the middle of the stream directing the
1: flow of all water
0: anymore. That's no. right.
1: All right. Well, let's call it a wrap. We've successfully uh, talked uh, a lot about Pennsylvania and Philadelphia politics without mentioning the national implications uh, and elections and that term midterm, which we weren't supposed to use. Uh, so, so David, I want to congratulate you on
0: successfully pulling it off. Here's a sticker. To, <laughs> as a reward.
1: No, I want to design my own sticker. Okay. I'm telling you we're taking this on. this is a, this is a big issue for next year. All right, uh, a couple of thanks to our producer Joel Patterson, to the wonderful folks at Kelly Writer's house, the University of Pennsylvania, and our engineers Zach Cardner. Uh, we have Thanksgiving coming up. Uh, we probably won't do an episode before then, but uh, you should go. Revisit the archives of 20 by need to listen to the How to Talk Politics at Thanksgiving edition, right. which has been the most uh, listened to episode yeah, to we'll, date.
0: We'll rotate that to the top of the file. So That's right. Yeah.
1: So we'll see you on the back end of uh, Turkey Day. and uh, And as we always encourage, expect more Philadelphia.